Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Kylie Camps and welcome to the podcast. This space is dedicated entirely to making a difference in the lives of women. I believe we all have a right and a responsibility to truly live our best lives. It all begins with curiosity, changing our thinking, and cultivating more self-love. Through thoughtful conversations and shared experiences, I really hope that you can take something away from this podcast. I'm a business owner, a speaker, a sleep consultant, and mum of twin boys. I've also recently completed some training in the cognitive behavioral therapy space, and I'm super, super passionate about the ability that we all have to really improve our days. And ultimately, when we take ownership of improving our days, we're really improving our whole life. So let's get stuck into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 76. Today's podcast is a Q&A episode with questions that have come through via Instagram and I will do my best to answer as many as I possibly can and I will also do the same thing that I did last time I did this style of podcast and that is I am not going to read the questions until it is time to answer them. So I will sit down full disclosure, I'm already sat down and open up my app and I will chip away through as many of these questions as I can. And it will just be off the cuff answers to the best of my ability in the moment. And before I get stuck into that, I wanted to just take a quick moment to recognize and acknowledge that right now things are really weird. This is a very, very weird, confusing, overwhelming, an uncertain time for all of us. There is so much going on in the world that just feels overwhelming and scary. And so I hope that wherever you are, you are feeling as well as you possibly can in this moment. And if you're struggling with anxiety, just know that you are not alone And it's okay to have days, it's perfectly expected and normal given the gravity of the situation that you're going to have days, hours, moments where it all feels too much and you just have to do the right thing for you in that moment. And the right thing for you in that moment might be going really inwards and turning off the news or the right thing might be jumping in the ocean if your beaches are open Or the right thing might be picking up the phone and calling someone that you love or journaling, or it might be having a nice big piece of chocolate cake. Whatever the right thing is for you in that moment, do that. There's no right or wrong way to cope with this situation because it is completely unprecedented. We we don't have, you know, we haven't done this before. So I just wanted to mention that because it is a lot. And I know 
um, you know, the people in my life, we are definitely having our ups and downs with it as well. So I'm thinking of you and I hope that you are safe and as well as you can be. That said, I will get stuck into these questions and hopefully this episode can be a bit of a light distraction for you for now. So the very first question that came through is, are you and your ex-partner still close or is it purely co-parenting and have the bugs settled into their new normal? There are, to be fair, a lot of these questions that come through consistently day in, day out, not just through the Q&A sticker option on stories, but via direct message as well. It is one of those topics that I don't know how to speak about just yet because it doesn't involve just me. So I will definitely say that the boys have done really, really well to cope with everything that has happened. And there have been times where it's definitely been harder and it's it's such a hard one to unpack and have safe parameters on what is right and what's wrong to share, if that makes sense. So I'm just kind of talking it out real time. The boys have settled into their normal. The trickiest thing is the roster because it's never going to be that I can see in the short term where the boys would be with me for the exact same days and then not with me for the exact same days. It's a rolling roster and that's purely just due to the nature of um, the roster of their, their dad's work. So that is really, really tricky for the boys because they'll often say how many more nights or what day do we... So there's a lot of communication about saying, okay, it's night one here, it's night two there, like... That's tough, but they have settled into their new normal. Um, Okay, quick recharge tips when you don't get to even we solo at the moment, plus work and no help now. Yeah, that is a really, really tough one. And I think collectively all parents are feeling various degrees of strain of having to be you know, we've got, we've lost our village, you know, and for, for a lot of parents, they don't have that village to begin with. But for those parents who are used to having more support around them, it is very confronting to go, oh my gosh, this is a complete 180 from what I've gotten used to. And with that is just a whole other new level of pressure. And it's tricky. It's definitely tricky. And so, I want to do a whole podcast episode speaking about self-care during this time because it's so important. So I won't go too deep in the answer here and I'll save that for the next one. But in terms of quick recharge tips, when you don't get to even we solo at the moment, you might have to put some more boundaries in place because if you are used to having the village and the village could be care from grandparents, aunts, uncles, friends, daycare, school, all of that stuff, or even just a co-parent. I don't mean to say just a co-parent, but you know what I mean. For whatever reason, perhaps families are self-isolating separately. I know that's definitely happening. And so normally when you have that extra scaffolding and support, 
it might not be a big deal or it might not feel as intense when your little ones do follow you to the bathroom. And that's because it's not happening 24-7. But now that you're in this situation where it is happening 24-7, it's going, oh my gosh, this isn't working. Like I actually need to be able to go to the bathroom on my own or to just walk in another room into another room on my own. So it might be, and dependent upon the age of your children, time to put in a bit of a boundary. When mum goes to the bathroom, you guys can wait here and enforcing that. So being a little bit stricter and a bit firmer with that um, and building that habit because it looks like we could be in this for quite some time. Other quick recharging tips, taking slow, purposeful, deep breaths, running your wrists under some icy cold water. If you're feeling like you just need to kind of snap out of a bit of a funk quickly, that can be helpful. I know a lot of um, people out there really like using essential oils as well. Quick recharge tips, enjoying a cup of tea, a nice cup of coffee, stretching. Um, When I think of recharging, I think of getting energy back into your body. So music, movement, stretching, grounding, mindfulness, those sorts of things are what comes to mind for me. Next question, what's been the hardest thing since separating? There's no way that I could pinpoint one single thing as the hardest. I would just say it's mostly hard. (laughs) Um, There are so many things that are hard about it from obviously I would say if I did have to choose the single hardest, the single hardest is the guilt that you feel for your kids. There's no two ways about that. An intense guilt for not being a full family unit is, it's enormous. And it's something that um, I feel at terms with now, but I have definitely really struggled. So that would be the single hardest thing. But like I said, I mean, and also just seeing your kids upset and seeing your your kids feel confused and uncertain, that's what really breaks my heart, I find so hard. Um, Being on your own for the first time can be hard. It's just not having someone that cares about you is hard. I mean, obviously, um, cares about you in the intimate, intimate way that your friends can't fill that void if that makes sense so yeah that's a tricky one next question is curious and super random but are you religious at all I would say I'm more spiritual than I am religious I yeah I I don't attend church I don't pray to God I believe I definitely believe in the universe and that there is something bigger out there than all of us, absolutely. And I do use the terminology heaven for the boys when we speak about people that have passed. But no, I would not say I am religious in the traditional sense of being a strict Christian or otherwise. Uh, Next one, accepting that your marriage is over. If it's not too personal for you. Well, I appreciate the little um, mentioning that it's personal. It's so hard. How to accept that it's over? 
Um, yeah, tricky, tricky one to answer um, because, as I said, I don't go into minute details here just because it's not only – it's not just about me, obviously, um, but how to accept that it's over. I think in one way, as I just mentioned, having kids is so hard. It brings it to a whole other level of hard, but it also does bring up a certain level of you just have to keep moving forward and that can build a bit of evidence that you can do it because you don't have the choice really. You don't have the option to fall completely apart because you've got these little humans to care for. And so because you find yourself going through the motions, that builds up evidence that you can go through the motions and it allows you to keep moving forward. And I think honestly, self-reflection, self-awareness and time are the only things that really help. And also just knowing that when you do go through a separation, a divorce, a breakup, there's a massive amount of grief and it's not just grief for what you had, it's grief for what you thought you were going to have. You kind of have to grieve what you've lost right now but also grieve the future because no one's in a relationship not thinking, not imagining, not projecting that they have a future and so that is a really, really hard one as well. The next question is how to move past the guilt of not feeling good enough and self-love. So I'm not sure whether that's feeling guilty about not having self-love. It's It can be tricky with these questions because you can only get a certain amount of characters in there. So I know sometimes it's like just try and cram as much in as possible and you don't always have the context. So I'll just go with how to move past the guilt of not feeling good enough. And I would suggest listening to my episode that I did with the women's psychologist, Dr. Libby Quinn, on our belief system Because if you're not feeling good enough, it will likely be stemming from a belief that you have held on to from childhood and it's about getting curious about why and what and how you have shaped that belief and then getting past the feeling of guilt. I always think with guilt that it's important to actually identify what the actual fear is. What are you afraid of? Are you afraid that if you do feel good enough that you'll have to do all of the things that you secretly want to do or that you'll have to then be vulnerable? There, There's so many variables here but with guilt I think identifying what is the actual fear and it's the same with mum guilt. You know, Whenever people say to me or women say to me, how do I get past mum guilt? First thing is what are you afraid of and then talk to that fear logically not from an emotional place. So, and I'll just unpack it a little bit more here for context. Say the fear is that you're feeling guilty about returning to work as a mum. What's the fear? The fear is that my child is going to be looking for me and needs me when they're at daycare. Okay, so play it out and play it out logically, not emotionally if you can, which can be tricky. But logically it's going, okay, yes, It is very likely my child will miss me at times, but then what will happen? A carer will tend to my child and 
I'm going to choose a center that I feel very confident, have capable, caring staff. And so when my son or, or my daughter has that moment of looking for me or that moment of sadness, they're going to be met with some kindness and care and connection from another adult. And that's actually going to build some resilience in them and allow them to form trust bonds in another environment. So it's just playing it out logically. And so I would say the same for you. What's the fear? What can you logically say to that fear? What are your limiting beliefs? And maybe journal with those thoughts might be really, really helpful. Um, Next question, looking back, would you do anything different in your relationship? Yes, of course. I've learned so much. There are definitely things I would do differently. But I also am a huge proponent of believing I did those things to end up where I am now, which will take me to the next thing, which is where I'm meant to be to learn something else. Um, So I don't, I would say that I have huge regrets, but I would definitely say that there's, you know, things I, lessons, absolutely lessons that I will take into a new relationship when that time comes and not just into into a new one, but for me, there's so much that's come up that has changed me. Um... Next question, what type of photo albums do you use to store family photos? I'm keen to organize ours. I don't. I should, but I don't. So if you have any great (laughs) suggestions, feel free to let me know. Next, tips for navigating play between my 16-month-old and three-year-old. Really tricky. And it's challenging when you have two babies that are at different ages and I know a three-year-old's not technically a baby but they're still little and they still need lots of your attention and then a 16-month-old is into everything and they're at the age where they're not necessarily going to play together. Best hope is parallel play. If you can get them to be playing alongside one another or at the same time, that can be helpful You might find that it could be good for your three-year-old to have an area that the 16-month-old can't go to, so creating a bit of a zone. And I just mentioned that because I know for friends of mine, when they've had another sibling come along and there's a similar gap, the three-year-old can get quite possessive and um, struggle to share their toys. But if you create a special zone that's just for them, it then seems to allow them to be more willing to share other toys with their sibling. It's hard for you to go between both of them. One thing that I um, am a big believer in when it comes to having multiple kids is that you're never going to be able to split your time 50-50. So don't try. Don't be like, you know what, I've given Johnny exactly this amount of time so now I need to give Susie exactly this amount of time just do the best that you can on that day with who needs you in that moment I hope that that is helpful next question how do you design your home circuit slash plan your training I love to work out I do (laughs) like I love 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 training it is a happy place for me It's not um, something I dread 
and I have been there. I have been in that place in my life years ago where exercise was a chore and I hated it and it's a horrible thing to feel that way. But for me, movement is such a almost a meditative meditative <laughs> meditative <laughs> um, practice for me and I process a lot through movement. So how do I design my home circuits? I guess to be completely honest with you, I have I have over a decade of training experience. So I have a whole lot of exercises tucked away in my brain and sometimes I'll write out things that I want to do if I'm feeling the need. If I have a day where I'm like, oh, I'm a bit stuck on what to do here, then that night I might write out some circuits. But more often than not, I like to just start my workouts going, okay, I feel like I want to train more lower body today or I want to do a mixture or I have more energy, so I'm going to add more plyometrics in there, which means more jumping and hopping and that sort of stuff. So I really, I guess a lot of the time, train intuitively. I do really like the whole concept of doing four to five circuits for a set period of time. So whether that's five-minute circuits, seven-minute, ten minutes. Um, If I was doing ten-minute circuits, I definitely wouldn't do four or five of them. I'd do two or three. But I like that. I like actually knowing, okay, I'm just going to move hard until till the timer goes off, catch my breath and then go again. But like I said, I've had over a decade of training. I used to have personal training um, sessions and I've had personal trainers in and out of my life a lot and I just enjoy it. I really, really enjoy it. So that's how I do that. Um, if you had to rename yourself, what name would you choose? Oh, I don't know. I've often thought that I don't love the name Kylie just because I have two sisters and they both have unusual names. And then I've always felt like, oh, I'm just Kylie in the middle, the most common name there is. But I don't, um, think frequently about it and I do like K names like I like names that have that sound so I don't have an answer there what name would I choose I'm not sure next is what do you like and dislike about home isolation I like having the kids home most of the time I've definitely had a couple of days in the last three weeks where I'm like oh this is the longest day of my life But the first thing that came to mind was I've really, really enjoyed the fluidity and the connection of having them home at this age. And I'm sure that a lot of that has to do with the past year of not having them 100% full time because they go to their dads, obviously. So I've really, really enjoyed the extended, um, extended days where we're not rushing. Not that I feel like we rush a lot, but you know, obviously there's school drop-off and school pick-up and the day is defined by those parameters. So I've really enjoyed that. Um, I also like the fact that people are being more resourceful and innovative. I think that that is a really cool thing to come out of this. I like seeing the positivity of people connecting in new ways and more care in the community I don't know about you, but I feel as though there's just this sense of we're all in this together, so how can I help that I think will actually continue on when things do return to our new normal, you know, checking in on neighbours, 
doing little things for each other, I think that that will become more ingrained in us globally. What do I dislike about home isolation? I obviously, I'm finding it hard. The hardest thing is that I don't like the kids not being able to play with their friends. And I know that they struggle with that a little bit as well. And we have really great friends down here and friends that we would easily catch up with, you know, sometimes twice a day that have kids and it's a chance for the mums and I to talk and the kids to play and that bit of variety. So I would say that I am missing that and that's probably the biggest thing that I'm missing. I have felt like my life personally hasn't changed a great deal um, in terms of outings and catching up without kids because I'm pretty um, turns out I, <laughs> turns out I'm more isolated than I realized in terms of working from home and just being quiet and introverted. So that's been an interesting um, thing to notice and see how so many people struggle with that and go, oh wow, I should probably try not to be as inwards as I often can be. I should probably do more things once this is all over, of course. Who is your celebrity hall pass? I don't know if it's considered a hall pass if you're single, (laughs) but celebrity crush, I really, really like Dax Shepard, which might be a weird one. I don't know. I like him because he's funny. I really enjoy his podcast and yeah, he just, I find he, um, I just find him really funny. So that was the first thing that came to my mind then. Um, and I also like how honest and vulnerable he is on his podcast and yeah, what else? How did you deal with the early days of separation? I'm currently in that and it is a mess. I'm so sorry to hear. I'm very, very sorry. I, um, it's really back to the other answer. It's often just one foot in front of the other, one hour, one moment at a time. What do you need in that moment? Do you need to crumble and cry in that moment? Or do you need to put one foot in front of the other and focus at the task at hand? Whatever you need is okay. And it really is time. I found journaling enormously helpful. I think that if you can sit with your sadness, it's actually the best thing because if you try to numb it, it will come out in other ways that you'll try and control and get on top of that. So it's sad and it's hard. So feel sad and know it's hard and know that with time you will have more clarity on things. And just know that I'm very, very sorry to hear that you're struggling. Um, what skincare and hair care do you use? I use Esme Skin Mineral Skincare. I'm a massive fan of them. Um, you can jump over to my Instagram and check out the posts that I've done about them. Hand on my heart, their skincare is brilliant. Such great products. Um, hair care. I get my hair done at Show Off Hair in Burley and I buy products from there. What am I using right now? I think the brand is Milkshake and it is a shampoo for blondes, but it's not a purple one. It's a yellow colored one. I think it's called the Chamomile one and their Integrity Treatment, which I really, really like. What else? 
What shade foundation do you wear in the Giorgio Armani? 6.5, but I'm completely out of it. And obviously not heading to a David Jones anytime soon to pick another one up. Can you do a home workout layout? Yes, it's on my mind to do it. I've just not gotten to it yet. Still feel like I'm playing catch up on so many other things. Next question. I get so scared at home if I'm alone. Do you? How do you cope if you are scared? I don't get scared, but I have been in a relationship for X amount of years where I was alone four days at a time, a lot of the time. So it's not foreign for me. It was normal for me in that dynamic, even though I was in a partnership to still have nights completely hundred percent on my own. And I have a really great security system here and really great neighbors. So I don't get scared. I also find having a dog helps because she barks at everything. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I can honestly say I've not gotten scared but how do I cope? Um, I would say have a great security system if possible, know your neighbours, have a pet if possible and don't watch scary movies or read scary books as well. For lack of a better term, how to calm the farm, also known as how to help the kids be cool and calm. I like the term calm the farm. Modelling calm behaviour yourself And also modeling quick recovery when you're not calm. So say you do lose your shit, actually modeling, hey guys, I'm really sorry that I acted that way and getting on with it. Don't drag it out yourself. That's just a really great lesson for your kids. Maybe jump over and have a listen to my episode on how to not lose your shit. There might be some tips in there when it comes to keeping kids cool and calm, having an environment that is calming. So not overstimulating them, not too much screen time, which is up to each and every family to work out what the right amount is for them. And I have an interesting episode that I recorded on the podcast, which you can go back with Dr. Christy Goodwin, where we talk about tech and kids. So maybe have a listen to that if for anyone listening, screens are an issue right now. Having that calm environment, so not having an excessive amount of clutter And kids do have stuff. (laughs) Like when you have kids, you are in the season of having stuff. And I've heard Gretchen Rubin speak about this. And it's okay to have a lot of stuff. You're not going to have that stuff forever. But it's also okay to take half of that stuff, box it up, put it out of sight so that they have more things to focus on. And I believe there's been a study on this whereby if you actually halve or reduce the amount of toys that kids have, they'll start playing more with what they've got there and then you can rotate them. So that can be helpful. Calm music, calm oil diffusing, all of that sort of stuff. Also, I think what what we're feeding our kids makes a difference to their... um, hyperactivity, making sure they're hydrated. That's kind of what comes to mind for me first. Next is how to clean the MCO concealer sponges. Mine smell. I have always used water and baby shampoo to clean all of my makeup brushes. I'm sure you can buy solution for cleaning your brushes and your sponges, but I don't know. I don't know where I got that from. It must've been from a beauty blogger, but that's what I use. 
How would you recommend sleeping at night to best preserve your hairstyle? (laughs) That's a good question. I don't know. Maybe sit upright. (laughs) I don't know because when I'm sleeping, preserving my hairstyle is not on my mind. Um, I've heard that silky pillowcases help and I do have silky pillowcases and sometimes I sleep on them. But more often than not, my children sleep on them. Both of the boys love them, so they'll go to them. I always sleep with my hair up, mainly because I wear fake tan and I don't want my blonde hair sitting on my fake tan. And also because I do have extensions in and I don't want them to tangle. So I don't have the right answer on that one. How to take a good selfie. You're amazing at it. For every good photo that you see of me that's like, a good angle and good lighting. There's 45 that are not. So it's just practice. (laughs) Um, Yeah, just practice. And also to acceptance. Like I often look at photos of myself and I think, oh yeah, that's how I look from that angle. And that's how I look from another angle. And I don't overthink it too much. I think people can get a bit precious about only wanting to put one side of themselves forward. And I understand that and I've definitely been there. But one thing I am trying to be more conscious of is uploading photos without makeup. So if you go to my feed, you will see that I have started to do that. And I want to continue doing that more because I don't want to put out an image that I'm always perfectly made up. Um, I'm never perfectly made up. There's no such thing as that. But just being a bit more raw, I guess. Um, what else have we got here? Schools and how did you choose the boys' school? I was really apprehensive about sending the boys to school, which you might know if you followed for a while. I wanted to homeschool them, um, but I also um, was aware that there were things that I wouldn't be able to give them from homeschooling just because at that time I didn't have a big social network um, like a real life network (laughs) to to add variety and texture and different relationships to their life. So I wanted to look into schools and I just promised myself that I would give all of the schools locally and a little bit further than locally a visit and see what felt right and so many of them felt very not right. And then how did I choose the boys school was I walked into it and I fell in love with it. It was everything that I wanted. And when I spoke to the principal and the teachers, the way that that school operates is very, very special. And, you know, I spoke to them about discipline and learning and how they teach and just everything was a tick, tick, tick for me. So that's how I chose that school for the boys and I think that it just depends on the kids. You know, I chose that school because of the boys and their personalities but you might have a child that is super vivacious and confident and doesn't need you to vet that many schools. So it really just depends on the individual um, children. Next is what pushes your buttons. You always seem so zen. I am not always zen. I promise you that. I can be completely the opposite of zen. And particularly the week before my period, which I'm so open and I speak about this a lot because I call it hell week. 
10 to 7 days before my period is like my zone where I have to be really careful, like really watch the way that I act and react because if I'm going to overact, if I'm going to step out of line, if I'm going to show up in a way that I'm not proud of, it's going to happen in that window 100%. It just, it always does. But having that knowledge allows me to check myself and go, okay, nothing else has actually changed. The children are acting the same way. It's me and my hormones that have changed. What pushes my buttons? Um, I can't think of one thing in particular, which might sound weird. What pushes my buttons? Anger, other people's anger being spewed at me. I find that really hard. And when I saw a kinesiologist recently, she said to me that when I have anger coming at me, that's when I crumble because I take it on board as sadness. So make of that what you will. But when people are angry at me and not for things that I've done, that that I do find that frustrating. Um, and also when people can't see the bigger picture and have, oh, I'm trying to be broad with how I answer this, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna actually continue down that path because it will get too clear at what I'm trying to say. So I'll just leave that one there. Um, what else do we have here? Do you get nervous taking the boys places by yourself? It's a scary world. No, I don't ever get nervous about taking the boys by myself. And again, I think that that really does come down to the fact that when the boys were born. After two weeks, I didn't have much help at all with them. I did have family members that were supportive and would come and assist, but I did so much on my own with the kids that it was normal for me. And that was just because of the work um, work dynamic that our family was in. So I don't get nervous um, taking them places by myself. It is a scary world. I'm aware and I would say I'm vigilant. I probably maybe too vigilant when they were little um, because I've always just held a space in my heart and my head for families like the Morecams and William Tyrrell and I definitely err towards the side of being overcautious than undercautious but I don't see that necessarily as a bad thing, um, just something to be mindful of. Next question, do you see yourself living in your current house forever? It's beautiful. I think I've addressed this one another time. I don't know what's going to happen with the house. I have no idea, so I can't even answer that. I love this house. Would I be devastated to have to sell it and move? Yes, Um, I would be. I would be really sad, but more so sad because of the location and the community around the house for the kids that's really special to me, but it's one of those things that I don't know right now. So I can't even answer that directly. I will say that I never thought I would be here forever because I just don't think that that's my nature. I think that I would want to move somewhere else eventually as the kids get older. Next, favorite trait about yourself. Um, favorite trait. I think I have really good perspective, really good perspective in terms of, and I don't know whether, (laughs) I guess with everything, 
as soon as I start saying it, I'm like, oh, maybe that's not a great trait because maybe that's more like a coping mechanism. I don't know. But what popped into my what popped into my mind was my perspective. So if something shitty happens, I have a clear perspective in going, you know what, if this is the worst thing that happens to me today, I am laughing. I am very, very lucky if this is the worst, hardest thing that happens to me. An example could be if I get bullied online, if a troll is giving me a hard time, my perspective is, yeah, that fucking sucks and it's like not a good feeling and how sad for them and it doesn't feel good to be pulled into that state. But at the same time, if that's my lowest point in the day, how lucky am I? There are families out there who have sick kids. There are kids out there who have sick parents. There are people without homes. If that's the worst part of my day, I've got it really good. So that perspective is a big one for me as well. So on that note, I am going to wrap up this episode. I hope that you have enjoyed this Q&A. As always, it would mean the world to me if you do take a screenshot and pop it on your Instagram stories and tag me at Kylie Camps because then I can post your story onto my stories and I love being able to do that and I always get such a warm fuzzy feeling knowing that people are listening. So I appreciate it and take care, stay safe, look after yourself and let's just all collectively put out some good vibes for ourselves and those in our life. Take care. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.